to the term first of all, just for clarity, something that I want to say to the book of Numbers. The book of Numbers, chapter 11. There is a great testimony before and following this verse that I'm going to read. Can I read it? Because I want to speak to it for just a moment. Numbers 11, 25. And the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke unto him, that is Moses, and took the spirit that, that was upon him, and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass that when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied and did not sin. I'll explain this just a little further in just a moment. But my text is from the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, chapter 24. Now, we'll be preaching this morning on choosing who we will serve. In the book of Joshua, chapter 24, and verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Whether the gods which your fathers served, they were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, please help me today. As I bring this timely message, in the name of Jesus, everybody shout amen and amen. I've been telling you for several weeks the purpose of preaching, my purpose in preaching to you, and what I hope is your purpose in listening to me. It is not only for information. I want no one walking out of here saying, well, I was only informed. David said, Thy word have been hidden in my heart. That's why the word of God is preached. That's why it is read. To have it in our hearts. God warned of the people that would have ears to hear and not hear. Eyes to see and not be able to see. There is in me a rumbling, I believe even a troubling that is brought by the Spirit of God. I take things seriously. I observe things, not in the natural, but as it's related in the Word of God. So the reason I read this concerning Moses and the elders, I would pray that God would take what I say to you today and put that same Spirit that is in me. A spirit of concern, a spirit of burden. It's not just for information. Talking about several things. But if I would take you back to the book of Judges, I could show you a principle that is in that blessed book. It's not only a principle of government, you know how that. They would serve God 
He would send them a judge and a helper that go back into the sin. He would try his sending them out. So what we would be dealing with, we would be dealing with covenant. When God, when people wanted a man over them, God had, you know the story, God had Samuel on the left side. In other words, they wanted somebody like everyone else. But what they did not realize was, they are so different from all the other nations. But they don't need us. They don't need us all. They don't need a man. As long as they would obey God, as long as they would walk carefully, circumspectly before God, they didn't need anything else. But they insisted, according to our Bible, that there would be a man to rule over them. In the book of Judges, there is a principle. And that principle is clearly stated and followed through in the book of Isaiah. But not only Isaiah, but all of the other prophets. Now I'm going to slow down today because I want you to hear what I'm saying, I think, is most important. What Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, you just name whatever they're dealing with, is dealing with a nation that one of the men to rule over. Right? A lot of things happen in that time period and in that century. That same principle is not only true with the nation of Israel, with the book of Genesis, with the prophets, it is still true today. Somehow, it has become the standard. We're all familiar with the collapse, the fall, the imprisonment, the captivity of the nation of Israel. Captive, poverty, slaves. They were the chosen people of God. God said, you did not choose me, I've chosen you. But even as the chosen people of God, they haven't made bricks, haven't mixed with their own slime, they have taskmasters over them, that when they looked like they were getting a little relief, they doubled their work for them. Along with what we see happens here in the nation of Israel, I believe in the book of Judges, we find three principles that are going to make us a people that begin to miss out with God. I'm talking about government. I'm not talking about election. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm not talking about Clinton. That's for you to talk about if you want to. I'm going to talk about things as I say it in my That's my only goal, my only purpose. So if it hits your favorite, or your favorite, or somebody else's favorite, it's only intended in the thought of what I believe is going on. I remember when my pastor preached years and years and years ago, and it became a civil infection. I think the book is still in print. If you don't have it, you need to get Pastor Clinton's book on the 
that, I've not read it in 40 years. But in that, he deals with the Roman Empire. He deals with other nations. And empires that once were, that are no longer. I want to mention, first of all, to you, that in dealing with such a matter as this, that the first thing is always spiritual apostasy. I'm going to slow down long enough to not take it for granted that you know the meaning of the word apostasy. The word apostasy in the dictionary means an act of refusing to continue to follow, obey, or recognize a religious if you don't get these definitions fixed in your heart, you're not going to understand the conclusion. Number one is a spiritual apostasy. The secondary meaning means abandonment of previous loyalty. Loyalty it means defection. It means a defection or a revolt. It is the formal disaffiliation from or abandonment of renunciation of a religious religion by a person. I would add it could be more than one individual. It can also be defined within the broader context of embracing an opinion contrary to one's previous belief. Are you getting what I'm saying? One who commits apostasy is known as an apostate. The term apostasy is used by sociologists to mean renunciation and criticism of or opposition to a person's former religion. That is not my definition, but I vulnerable those accepted definitions of what it is to be a person. If I would define apostasy, maybe in my words, I may define it like this. Define it like this. You know, you want to believe what you want to believe. And when I talk about belief, if there's anything that we need to know, we have doctrines. Doctrine means those things that we most assuredly believe. But when you believe something, it doesn't mean just something you hold in your head. It means that energy, that driving force, that motivating issue that makes you what you are. You do what you do. How careful is the Lord I used to preach things for the Pentecostal Church of God. And I did up in uh And a man that was a part of that fellowship, his name was and you just don't give me well, I won't give his name. But he brought me a tape. And the title of that tape was The Stephen of Not Going to Church. I never preached that message. But I did use the truth about that message. One, it was a great message. It's in the book of Hebrews, 
forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. As the manner of some is, but all the more so as you see the day approaching. How careful has God been to cover everything that will ever be an issue in our life? And let me say this before I say this again. This is really only introductory to what I'm going to be preaching, maybe for several weeks. But I've got to get the introduction in. We must understand that God left nothing out of His Word that will affect our lives. If it's a warning, if it's a promise, if it's a goodness, whatever it is, everything you need is to be found in the Word of God. He said, a man will not err in this world. Am I right? A man will not stumble and accidentally make a mistake as long as he walks in this way. My Jesus walked of the city of Jerusalem. He was the Son of God. He worked the miracles in the before. Then he left them. Why? They said, we will not have this kind of wilderness. We'd rather have the lepers. We'd rather have a crook, a thief, a murderer, than to have Jesus. And no matter what God has done in the lives of people, broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many of you are that walk in that way. No matter what God has done for them, they're still going to go in that contrary way. When Jesus wept to the Jerusalem, he said, I will be with you under my shadow as I came back to the Jerusalem. I would have gathered you under my shadow, but you did not. The church, I believe, has never been in a more critical time than it is right now. When I began to look, and see what my accountability and my responsibility is to you. I find no place in here where I'm supposed to go ride motorcycles with you, ride horses with you. I see nothing in here except preach the Word. Show my people. Tell my people. Cry aloud to my people. I find nothing else. Churches have gyms, ballparks. Yeah, if that's what you want, then we can make that happen. But I can't find it in the Word of God. And all that money spent to play, maybe for your children, your grandchildren, I can tell you, from all of these places I've been all my life, they usually transform that gym into a new church. They're transforming into something else because after all, the interest will be different. But, but not only. Pray, preach, instruct, show my people their sins, show my people their sins. Do you think the under shepherd of the church, the pastor, he loves the people. Do you think he enjoys doing what the congregation calls beating over the head? 
Hawaii at a restaurant on the top of that motel where we were. And they stayed open late because so many people were there. So we went up to get to the first time They had a dessert. It was ice cream. I love ice cream. You can keep the taste of how to cook it. I don't know how to cook it. Somebody from another table told me, said, no, Mr. Fletcher, you need to order it. So I ordered it. And I said, ice cream to me? I said, it's not ice cream to me. This stuff tastes weird. But it comes in a cookie spoon. Think about that. They have burned in it. But a friend of the family said, Son, a taste, one taste of this is too much. And a wet is not enough. Religion today is telling you that is acceptable. And I'm not only talking about the Catholic and the Baptist, I'm talking about the Pentecostal. I can't tell you many. Are the reasons for decisions that I've made. I have been invited down through some time by men that I love and I respect, by Tom Volker, by Bobby Johnson, by Rob Benson, by Brian McDonald. I commend them. I love them and I respect them. They have asked me to become a part of a movement where I could preach to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I told them, I can't do that. Because you are trying to revive something that in my estimation is under the church Not you, not that preacher, not those people. But what they're trying to do. Only two. This thing of lawlessness is everywhere. There are fellowships that have declared that if you're filled with the Spirit, you will speak in tongues. I've been told that it's a great friend of mine that's driving a different vision. Speak the organization with the law as you have one side of it that can be filled with the Spirit. But never speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God is I believe they're speaking in tongues just like it was the one day of Pentecost. That's when he stood up. Paul said, I'm glad I speak in tongues more than all of you. In the upper coast of Ephesus, when they were asked the question, Have you received what you believe? He preached, he baptized them, and they spoke in tongues. You say, What's wrong with America? We have gotten away from our forefathers. One nation, I know it was right later, under God. Do you know why our forefathers came to America? They weren't looking for new fields to plant. They weren't looking for other people to build in the house. They were under the dominion of that church of England. Right? There were no religious freedoms. The Mayflower, what was it mean? Santa Maria, whatever. When those pilgrims 
They thought the world was trapped. They thought the world was trapped. And that somewhere, those boats would go over the edge of the earth. But they boarded it. That's I can remember my history. They were looking for a place where they could serve God, where they could live for God, where they could worship God. I don't know if any of you have ever studied very much the future. Maybe the biggest mouth man has ever lived in the future history. And he was a prince. Not the way he was raised. I can tell you. The way our politicians today are talking. That's not the way this nation was founded. If you look out there on that wall, there's a little picture. That picture's older than most of you. That's the first time in the Congress. All the way from Edmondfield, Indiana, what's his name? Yeah. All the way down through. They preached this. But there would be a time when that Continental Congress right in the Constitution would hit a smile, hit a place that they couldn't agree. This is what they said. I'm repeating this. I'm old as dirt, but I don't know when you were Somebody in that group would say, Man, let's pray. Let's ask guidance. Let's ask you won't find any homosexuality in there. You won't find any abortion in there. Where you have that abortion and the cross sin. Who ever can believe in taking a baby from its mother's womb, put a suction in the back of its brain and suck its brain? 60 million abortions in America. And they legalize it. There's only one way you can do that. You have to have committed spiritual apostasy. There's the lady, she's dead now. You should sit right here. A lot of you sit right here, so don't get dressed up at the She come up right here. Probably 35 years ago. She's in a good life. Look out for good and bad. What have you had? I didn't know that God would not be. I didn't know that God forgive me. Some people do it. I'm goodness, I don't know others. They just think because it's racist. So I put more responsibility in the ones that say it's racist. There is a lawlessness. There is a moral corruption. Since I don't live in that part of the world, I don't put it in the distinction. But have you been watching on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox? Now, I don't know what this one said, I don't know what the other said. But have you been watching on lately? Well, then, you don't know how to say that. They're using terms. They used to, if you played football, you had to go to the beach. Lots of the beach has been used that way. There's no fear. I can remember when they used those words. I can remember when they used those words in the tabloids. They become so popular in the tabloids. 
they use the same terminology. There are no moral boundaries. Have you watched? I thought God knows I'm telling you the truth down the history of judgment. If I'm not telling you the truth, I just watch it. Maybe God won't let me know. I don't know. Who knows? But now I'm on that date. They have sex to see if they like it. Nothing wrong with that. That's one of the principles for the fall of the nation, the fall of the church, the fall of the people. And the third step in this fallen human history is political anarchy. We turned against Jesus Christ. It's the ruling of him that he is. They took the people of God and murdered them. Political anarchy. Now we are seeing political anarchy in America. I said the other night. When George Bush was running against Bill Clinton, I didn't think that he was running. Only I knew it was not. I knew it was not. I voted for George Bush. But when I heard him in the next speech say that we're going to institute a new world order, I knew I'd made the biggest mistake in my life. I had made the biggest mistake in my life. There's people in here that have asked me how I choose who I'm going to vote for. I do not vote. Money. I do not vote the economy to the best of my ability if I can find someone that is not. Maybe God could work with me. Political anarchy. I want you to notice something. All three of these steps are a stage in human history. It's the word of God. The primary problem was political anarchy. The problem never was just the moral. The root problem is religious and spiritual apostasy. Turning over and away from the living God. Again, the definition of apostasy. An act of refusing to continue to follow the thing and recognize. I'm a little cold to hear it. And that's not even a third of my introduction. I will warn you, is not the Lord God the Lord Christ. We're the one that is in trouble. I'm going to tell you what I believe. And there's a lot of other things that I'm saying maybe you don't believe. I believe the first thing in your life and in your family should be the Lord God, and I believe that includes your church. I've got another scripture that I want to read to you. I want to read to it. It's from the book of Matthew, chapter 22. Again, reading with verse 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all the and with all thy soul and all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That's the first commandment. That's the great commandment. It goes on. And the second is like unto it. 
Let me tell you what that means. That's right. All these two commandments and all the law of God and the prophets. And we're going to get more directly into some of the different forms of God. Have you ever noticed the difference? Have you ever met a hippie? An Amorite? You know what? You know what? One of the great grandsons of that I've known. I'll deal with it tonight. God said when you're children of the you leave the family by the third night and then you the scripture. Leave them alone. And you don't miss one scripture. The cup of their iniquity is not yet full. The cup of this nation's iniquity is not yet full. God says, leave them alone. Don't go in and wipe them out. There came a time, I'll show you more. When God said, when you go in to possess the land, don't you leave the man or woman to come in the That shouldn't start taking the land and turn it into the Throw them into ash and destroy them. I'm crazy to say that. I have, and I think what I'm seeing now, I'm not just saying that. I think what I'm seeing now is I am seeing the results of what happened in the church of God in our church. I think what, the cup of iniquity has got to fill up. I think that we're seeing the results of telling good evil and evil good. It doesn't matter what that man out there is called good evil, he's not good And to call the blasphemous and the godly in all activity, something that a man has the right to come in. You have to come to take of the things of God. You need to know Christ in church. And I pray you wear that shirt and come back to live in the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. Brother Stephen and I were talking right today at work, Friday, I think. And I'll repeat it. I've said it to you. I've said it to you. I'm going to repeat it to you. I believe that we need to read the word of God and obey it. And that's all. Read it. And obey it. Psalm 